Hey everyone, I just want to remind you to make sure you check out the awesome people over at Anchor.fm. Of course, it is a great place for you to host your own podcast. And guess what? One of the cool parts is that it's totally free. Yeah, that's right, free. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your computer or even your phone. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. Trust me, it's so easy. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free Anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, guys? It's yours truly, OK Fabe here. And uh, I was actually just getting ready to upload this and make this public. And I realized that I foolishly forgot one match that I was supposed to predict during this Clash of Champions uh, preview and predictions. I did miss out on Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan, which is a no DQ match. And I just want to kind of quickly give you guys my thoughts about this before we dive into the rest of the matches and the uh, the full episode. So I feel like that Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns has been a very interestingly built rivalry going into the pay-per-view because we all thought it was going to be heading towards Roman and Daniel Bryan, and now Eric Rowan seems to be at the center of the attention now. Uh, so I think that Roman seems to be the easiest choice here to go with against Eric Rowan, uh, and I think that's where they're going to go with this. I think that Roman's still going to get the victory over Eric Rowan and no DQ, but I'm really glad that, if anything, Eric Rowan's getting a chance to really shine a little bit here, even if it may not be a long-term deal, because I still think Daniel Bryan's going to be involved uh, and ultimately be the true mastermind behind the whole thing, or at least the next major opponent for Air Roman Reigns. So I still think Roman's going to get the victory here, but I'm curious to see what happens after the fact. Um, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but sorry to squeeze this in. I completely forgot about this matchup going in this pay-per-view, so I just wanted to add this in. And now, enjoy the rest of the episode and all the previews and predictions for Clash of Champions. You're listening to the OK Fame Show. The premier place for all your professional wrestling news and needs. Now, here's Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame. What is going on, everybody? It's yours, truly Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame here. Welcome, guys, to your September 13th edition of the OK Fabe Show. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's right here on YouTube.com slash OK or Twitch, Facebook, or, of course, all those major podcasting platforms. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, now iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for tuning in to wherever you guys are listening and or watching this from. I've been told I have a face for radio, so it's probably going to be on the audio side. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to this one as we are here to talk about Clash of the Champions. Yes, that's right. Clash of Champions coming at you this Sunday. And we're going to cover the entire pay-per-view. All 11 matches of Clash of Champions are going to be taking place uh, this coming Sunday night. And it's going to be a very interesting pay-per-view. Uh, of course, coming at you from Charlotte, North Carolina. A place that knows very, very well about Clash of Champions. Of course, the old uh, NWA WCW event coming back in resurgence as every single championship is on the line. We're going to talk about the entire buildup going into this, who I think is going to walk out as champion, who might retain, and who might be coming out a new champion altogether. I know I just said champion like 30 freaking times. Man, it's a weird pay-per-view. 
And of course, you guys on the other team, you guys on the whole stick, always love to hear your thoughts as well. So make sure you hit me up in the, in the comment section. Hit me up on the Twitters at OKFave, because of course, I will be live tweeting during Clash of Champions. And make sure you guys come back to the YouTube channel as we will be live for the Random Wrestling Podcast, as we will be going live right after Clash of Champions, talking the entire pay-per-view and my results, the, the results, my thoughts on the whole take, and maybe even take, take some phone calls as well. And of course, make sure you hit us up on all social media. Make sure you also check out the Represent Store for all the merch and of course the patreon for all the perks check it out links are always in the description the clash of champions i think is pretty fair to say that it is more or less pretty universally um not built up well <laughs> the build going into this pay-per-view this sunday uh has had a lot of people not too thrilled about the whole idea some matches on paper at the very least do seem very uh, exciting, and we'll talk about those in just a bit. But I feel overall, and we've talked about this in the last couple of Raws and SmackDowns going into the pay-per-view, that generally speaking, Clash of Champions' build has been well, subpar to say the least, and I think especially when it comes to the major championships, meaning the WWE Championship for SmackDown and the Universal Championship on Monday Night Raw. That's not to say, though, that this pay-per-view cannot be saved. There are some opportunities here for some very good matches, if we play our cards, or rather, if WWE plays their cards right. Now, remember, we've had this happen multiple times where maybe the build going in for a pay-per-view is not necessarily that strong, but at the end of the day, could ultimately produce some really killer matches. So, fingers crossed that that happens uh, once again this Sunday at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's kick things off with, of course, uh, well, I was going to say a championship match, but damn it all, they're not almost all championship matches. Eleven Matches will be taking place at Clash of Champions with 10 of them being for a title. So at the very least, they're living up to their moniker where every single championship will indeed be on the line. Let's start, of course, with the first one that most likely and unfortunately will be uh, mostly delegated to the pre-show. And that is the triple threat match for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. We got Drew Gulak defending against Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado in triple threat action. Now, if you remember, that's how Drew Gulak won the Cruiserweight title was a triple threat match with... Um, with Tony Nese, and I'm trying to actually remember the previous champion, with uh, Buddy Murphy, yeah. So it's crazy to think that uh, we find himself once again in a triple threat match uh, defending the championship. So there is that possibility that Gulak could lose the title just the same way that he that he won it a few months ago at Extreme Rules. And I'm probably getting that wrong, so if any of you feel free to please correct me. I, I didn't have my notes here on this one. But um, I haven't, unfortunately, had a chance to ch catch up on my 205 Live, but I feel like Drew Gulak is in a pretty primed position as Cruiserweight Champion. I'm digging me some Gulak, at least from what I've been able to see uh, here and there for both 205 Live and, unfortunately, a lot of these pre-shows for pay-per-views. I mean, hell, we saw a great matchup with him and Oni Lorcan at SummerSlam, and that was one of my favorite ones. Such a hard-hitting match. Definitely one you should go back and check out if you're going to watch SummerSlam from last month but i'm gonna have to stick to my guns here and say that i think drew gulak will actually retain the championship i think they're once again building up a monster heel uh to be um to dethrone here uh once we figure out what's gonna happen with 205 live now it's interesting because there is so many rumors going around about what the future holds for 205 live uh, there's been a lot of uh, insinuation that maybe 205 Live might be absorbed into NXT along with the Cruiserweight Championship, which I would not be uh, in the least bit upset with. And uh, but So I feel like right now with the way that Gulak's positioned, it would be kind of, and no disrespect to Humberto or Lince Dorado, foolish to put the belt on them when they're not really well known as Drew Gulak was or is currently. Gulak at least has some major history. Not that Lince Dorado or Humberto don't have history, but I think Gulak's more 
he's more primed and positioned as someone as championship worthy compared to his two challengers. And long haul, seems like it's going to be that way for a while until they really come up and came up with a uh, top rising baby face to dethrone him. So my money is that the Gulak is going to keep on swinging as the cruiserweight champion. But now let's get to literally almost every other championship match in this entire card. We'll start off with the women's tag team titles. Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville will be taking on Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss for the women's tag team championship. Fire and Desire are looking to add gold to their um to their bling. Yeah, this is this this shows how old I am. Just saying something like that. Um, jeez. <laughs> The women's tag team titles, unfortunately, have taken such a backseat in a lot of ways since they've been introduced back in February with Sasha Banks and Bailey winning them. And we were kind of hoping with two of the four horsemen leading the charge that we'd have some interesting stuff. The Iconics winning them, I really didn't mind as the Iconics were very entertaining, but unfortunately didn't really pan out in the long run. And so it's seemingly out of left field that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, whose friendship has really been on the rocks, and then we haven't heard any issues with their relationship lately, uh, are now coherent and very well-established tag team champions. Um, I'm hoping that once the supposed rumor of the draft coming back in October happens once again, that uh, this ultimately becomes... Uh, more th there's more chances and more opportunities and more light shown upon the women's tag team titles because unfortunately I feel like it's taken such a back seat when you have an amazing opportunity to really build something up here. Um, as much as I like uh, myself, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and don't mind them as champions, I feel like they would be the type of people that would switch them up uh, seemingly out of the blue just to have a title change of anything else at this pay per view. And while Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville aren't my favorite women's tag team, that still leaves the Iconics, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to go with actually a probably a bold prediction here and say that Fire and Desire are going to win the women's tag team titles. Main reason being is because you need to build up a lot of these teams. And yes, I know putting the belt on them is not a great way to establish teams. But we're kind of at a crossroads here. We need to establish a really strong women's tag team division. And if this brand split's coming back up where they're really going to segregate the roster, maybe these guys are going to exception. You kind of need to establish some new teams. Bailey and Sasha could win the belts back down the road. Uh, we still have the Iconics as champions, but I think we all know Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are doomed to be split up as pretty much the moment when they lose those championships. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, as far as I can tell, and no real rumors on the contrary, saying that they're going to split up anytime soon. So why not throw the belts their way? I'm not saying that they're going to be the greatest tag team champions ever, but I think we definitely need to establish some tag teams in the tag team division. It goes against my better judgment, damn it. But I'm going to say that Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are going to capture the women's tag team titles at Clash of Champions. Speaking of women, let's talk about the two women's matches that are on here. The four horsewomen are imploding in front of us, ladies and gentlemen, as we're going to have both the Raw and the SmackDown Women's Championships defended. First, over on the SmackDown side, it's Bayley defending against Charlotte Flair. To me, there is absolutely zero reason to take the belt off Bayley right now. I think that they kind of... Um, Again, rushed into this idea with having Bailey having to defend her championship. And considering they haven't really done a good job of building up anybody else in the SmackDown roster as of right now, with the exception of maybe Ember Moon, to a point where they could be a credible contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship, they kind of like, well, what's Charlotte doing? Nothing? Cool. Bam. Let's go ahead and bring her over and have her challenge Bailey. So that's really where kind of things stand with this one, where yes, the idea of Bailey turning uh, quote unquote heel is really the primary thing about this. And if this is still such a fresh turn, 
there's no point in having Charlotte beat Bailey for this because then it just seems like she's an incompetent champion. And yes, I know Bailey has had it for a few months now, and in all likelihood that they could still do a title change. But to me, it would really set the whole tone back of Bailey being this tweener character where she's loyal to Sasha. And I just don't want Charlotte with the belt right now. I'm not saying I hate Charlotte. I just think right now we need to give Bailey some long run with this one and, and get get her some new challengers, please. Let's build up that SmackDown Women Division. Let's not put her on the back seat. But that's what her concern was when she attacked Becky Lynch. And speaking of Becky, we got her defending the Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks, the returning Sasha Banks. And this one is a much harder one to call. Whereas Bailey is pretty straightforward in terms of, well, they just kind of turned her into this tweener character. And why would they take the belt off of her when we are just doing this new character change? Banks and Lynch could go in a completely different direction. Um, I could very easily see Sasha Banks winning back the Raw Women's Championship. It's no disrespect to Lacey Evans or uh, Natalia, but quite frankly, I didn't see either one of them as the ones to be dethroning the man. Sasha Banks has a pretty long, reputable stance as a former Raw Women's and, of course, first ever WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. I know there's been other tag team titles with women in the past, but I'm saying current era. But you guys get my point. The point is, is that I could see Sasha being the one to dethrone the man. I could see them doing this as a long-term program. So, once again, might be a bold prediction here, but I think that Sasha Banks, I think the boss is going to dethrone the man, Becky Lynch. I think we're going to walk out with a new Raw Women's Champion. Makes sense. Sasha's been on a pretty interesting heel run since her return. It would definitely spice things up. And now Becky two belts is Becky no belts. It creates that antagonistic idea and, and this like intensity that we kind of need in the rivalry. And these two women can go. I argue that this is probably going to be the best women's matchup of the entire night. Maybe Bailey and Charlotte might pull some surprises, but my money's going to go on Sasha Banks beating the man and becoming the new Raw Women's Champion. Who knows if I'm right? We'll find out on Sunday, right? Both the Raw and the SmackDown Tag Team titles will also be defended on this show. Uh, of course, we have the SmackDown Tag Team titles, the New Day, against the Revival, which is really looking forward to. And of course, we've also got Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman pulling double duty as they defend their Raw Tag Team titles against both Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, the newly formed team that nobody wanted. Let's talk about the Strowman-Rollins one. I think it's pretty safe to say... And you guys can, of course, tell me otherwise by leaving your thoughts in the comments or, of course, hit me up on Twitter. But I'm pretty sure that we're all in the same agreement that Strowman and Rollins are not walking out of Clash of Champions as the Raw Tag Team Champions. Uh, I think it's a pretty safe assumption. Why else would they put the belts on them? And it's funny because we were talking about this on Out of Nowhere a few nights ago on Joe Cronin's show where they're pretty much doing a same uh, pattern or routine where they have two top babyfaces winning the tag team titles only to lose them to a virtually unknown team as a way to reintroduce them back into the tag team division. Now, I don't know exactly why they did this other than to create some sort of reason as to far as why Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins are feuding for the Universal Championship, which... I mean, in all honesty, it's probably better than, say, a handshake, but, I mean, you couldn't tell me you couldn't do a freaking battle royal. So, anyway, long story short, I think it's pretty safe to assume that Rude and Ziggler are walking out of that thing as Raw Tag Team Champions. I don't think they'll be champions for long, but I think they're definitely going to beat Strowman and Rollins. And I'll even go so far as to say I think Rollins will be the one end up ending up getting pinned, 
and then Braun Strowman will power slam him either in the ring or maybe through an announce table or a barricade or something, being so mad that he lost the Raw Tag Team Champions and trying to get an advantage to uh, to get ready for the Universal Championship match later on. But let's go to the SmackDown side. SmackDown Tag Team titles have some opportunity to have some very good matches between the Revival and New Day. I argue that if they give these guys, and I am sound like a broken freaking record when it comes to this, if they give these guys enough time this matchup could be the match of the night between Revival and New Day. These guys have teased before. They've had some, uh, a couple of matches here and there. Nothing for tag team titles. And don't even get me started on the whole wild card rule. Yes, I know technically that the Revival are on the raw side. I don't think anybody's keeping track at this point. I know I'm barely able to keep track at this point. But either way, I'm honestly not... Um, I, and I hate to say this in a nonchalant or like a negative sense. I'm not really caring who wins because I'm just expecting a fantastic tag team match. And again, the best probably tag team match that we're going to get in the entire evening. Prove me wrong. Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Bobby Roode. Uh, but I definitely am looking forward to a Revival New Day. If I had to put my money down on which team, I think my boys the New Day are going to hold on to those SmackDown tag team titles. But, oh no, mon frere, we got some other business to attend to. I, I couldn't think of a clever way to transition this thing. Speaking of teams, though, the teams of Sami Zayn and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura will be present when Nakamura has to defend his Intercontinental Championship against The Miz. This is another one that just seemingly almost out of left field in terms of why they're doing this whole thing and why Nakamura is now apparently a heel who had Seth, uh, Sami Zayn as a mouthpiece. Um, even though he's speaking Japanese now, it's it's a very, very confusing situation. But at the same time, it creates some interest. I mean, at least they're doing something with Sami Zayn nowadays rather than just having him free flow to hostility and dropping AEW names all over the place. But weird that, that we haven't seen Sami do a whole lot and even weirder to see her in a manager role. And I even mentioned this before in previous reviews that it's not a bad idea. I just, I can't. It's hard for me to wrap my head around the idea of Sami Zayn being a man. It's just a very bizarre thing to me. But it could still work. And I think it's going to work enough that Nakamura is going to hold on to the championship. This is another one of those rivalries that unfortunately didn't get a lot of time to develop. And therefore, I don't really see a major title change happening. Miz, I feel so bad for because creatively he hasn't really done a whole lot since losing to the best in the world Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. He's lost consecutively, been free-floating around on SmackDown doing whatever, Raw and doing whatever. He teamed with Roman Reigns for a little bit, but now he's just right back into the thick of things. If anything, I think Miz needs to take some time off. And there's rumblings that he's working through an injury, and I hope it's not the case because I do love me some Mike Mizanin. But unfortunately, this feels like once again another thrown-together match because we need to have the Intercontinental Championship defended. So there's not so much glory behind it, but rather a necessity because we have a quota to fill. Uh, be that as it may, I'm still thinking that maybe they can pull out a solid match. I feel like Miz and Nakamura, though, styles are going to clash and not necessarily in the greatest of ways. So I'm not really too thrilled about this one, but I still got my boy Nakamura holding on to the IC title. But the Monday Night Raw counterpart, the United States Championship, whoo, we've got a matchup there that could be quite thrilling indeed we've got cedric alexander challenging aj styles for the united states championship of course this coming off of the fact that cedric alexander pinned aj styles in that 10-man tag on monday night raw this past monday night from the garden and i'm telling you guys even though we kind of saw this one coming this is definitely going to be one you want to watch i was a little bit pissed off to be honest with you that they cut the match so short on raw but once i found out and pretty much put two and two together they were going to do this again at the pay-per-view with the u.s title on the line and this one is going to be good. Again, if they give them the enough time to do so, 
this could be quite a fun match indeed. Now, the OC, of course, might throw their uh, Japanese war face paint involved with the whole thing, or, well, I wouldn't stay away from the gals for the moment, but the point is, is that can Cedric Alexander get the win with the OC possibly interfering in the matchup? And I feel like this is one of those moments in time where, yeah, there's a chance that maybe Cedric could pull up the victory here and have and cause a huge upset. I was kind of hoping this spot was going to fill by Ricochet a little bit, but of course Ricochet was involved with the King of the Ring tournament. So maybe they have bigger and better plans for Ricochet, so I'm not too upset about that. Now, there's been rumblings that WWE is looking to push some newer talent and new faces, and hell, having Cedric Alexander pull up a huge upset victory seemingly out of nowhere and win the United States Championship and push him to the moon would be fantastic. But the question is, I want that. Do I think WWE's going to do that? And I honestly think, and again, maybe against my better judgment, I think they're going to do it. I think Cedric Alexander is going to pull up the upset victory of the evening and uh, capture the United States Championship. I think if you look really at all the major matches, you know that they're probably going to do some sort of shock and, and surprise. And I think this is probably the best one that makes the most sense. It's not like AJ Styles is really doing anything with the United States Championship right now anyway. They've been kind of teasing the whole thing with Seth and, um, and Braun Strowman and maybe using this as a way to not only dump the U.S. title on the Cedric and create a new division for, out of the U.S. title, maybe it's a way for AJ Styles just to help pass the torch there and move on to bigger and better things with the Universal, or maybe even a feud with Braun Strowman now that he's heel, which I could definitely see them doing. But I think that it's a safe bet that if you're going to have any titles change hands for sure, I think it's going to be the United States one, and I could definitely see them doing the upset victory with Cedric getting the pin over AJ with some sort of roll-up or something. Um, and he definitely takes out the OC. I mean, I, it's against my better judgment. Again, we go with Cedric Alexander to uh, win the United States Championship. Now we move on to the two heavyweight hitters. Of course, we've got the WWE World Heavyweight title, Kofi Kingston defending against Randy Orton, and of course, Seth Rollins over Braun Strowman. Let's go and get the easy one out of the way with Seth and Braun. Unfortunately, I feel like they're going to clamor to the idea that Seth is going to have a major disadvantage going into this one because he needs to burn it down with Braun Strowman. Uh, which for reasons I don't quite fully understand. And I hope this doesn't mean we get another freaking Braun Strowman heel turn for no reason whatsoever. Now, there's been a lot of shenanigans and rumblings over how this could go down. Of course, the Fiend looming off in the background challenging the supposed winner uh, in a few weeks at Hell in a Cell is definitely another factor. A lot of people think that the Fiend will attack either one of them or even both these men, causing a double countout or double DQ, I should say. Uh, which, in honesty, is pretty feasible. I could honestly see them doing that. But we need Seth to look very strong, considering he just captured the Universal Championship back at SummerSlam. Yeah, I know he's been champion for most of 2019. But still, we need to make him look really, really strong. I think Seth will ultimately walk out as champion, whether it be because of a double disqualification due to a Fiend-like interference, or because he ends up beating Braun Strowman clean. Personally, I would prefer the latter. I would prefer, or excuse me, the, the prior. I would rather have the Fiend interfere and screw both men out of the match and then lead to either a triple threat or the Fiend just challenging Seth Rollins straight. I know there have been tons of spoilers going out there, but if they're going to have uh, the Fiend interfere in the match and cause a double disqualification, then you're going to have to have the Fiend versus Braun Strowman because Braun's going to say, like, well, I got screwed out of my match. Like, where's my opportunity again? And so it just clouds a lot of things that they do it that way. So I think that Seth will ultimately win clean somehow, but the Fiend will attack him afterwards, making his intentions pretty damn clear. He's coming after Seth Rollins. Burn it down. But what about the WWE title? We've got Kofi Kingston against Randy Orton or Randall Keith Orton. 
I will say that this matchup does intrigue me on some levels, even though the build for this has been extremely, yeah, Orton screwed over Kofi Kingston in the past. Bitter much, are we? <laughs> um, of course, I think they're going to do one more round of hoorah between these two, and I think that if you're going to look to any matches that could carry over from Clash of Champions to Hell in a Cell, that would be inside Hell in a Cell. It's probably going to be this one. We saw the match at SummerSlam end in sort of a, a disqualification finish. I have a gut feeling about this one, but this one is really hard to call. Out of all the entire matches of the, of this, of the show, I, I got to say that Orton versus Kofi Kingston is probably the toughest of them all to call. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go with Randy Orton to win the title. Uh, on the emphasis and the idea that they will have a Hell in a Cell match next month at the pay-per-view. Uh, I think it would make sense because that way Kofi can say, you've taken everything now from me. You've even taken the WWE Championship. I want revenge. And the only way to do so is inside Hell in a Cell. Now, it's not that I don't want Kofi to be champion. It's just that you gotta do something with this rivalry because if you were gonna do a DQ finish, I was, I'm actually surprised they did the DQ finish at SummerSlam and I would, I would have saved it for this pay-per-view. I would have saved it for Clash of Champions. That's, of course, if we are going in the direction of having the third rubber match at the next pay-per-view which I'm all in favor for. And I think, honestly, those two could tear it up and burn it down, man. But uh, they need something. And I think Orton beating down Kofi Kingston really wouldn't do a whole lot because it's like, well, he's just getting revenge on what happened last time. Um, but I think that Orton winning in maybe a sneaky, nefarious BS way would lead to like, well, we need to have another match because you, you, you got DQ'd last time. Orton won the belt, but he did it with some sort of BS tactics. So... Let's do it inside Hell in the Cell. And uh, let's, let's face it, Orton is a... I'm going to go with Randy Orton to ultimately dethrone the Prince of Positivity, Kofi Kingston, and become the new champion. But don't you fret, because we'll have, I think, a rematch in Hell in a Cell. But there you are, guys. That's my preview picks and predictions for all that's going down at Clash of Champions. Let's recap real quick. For those of you keeping track at home, I've got Drew Gulak to retain the Cruiserweight title. I've got Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross losing the women's tag team titles to Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I've got Bailey to retain over Charlotte. I've got Sasha to beat Becky Lynch for the Raw women's title. I've got uh, Robert Roode and Ziggler to win the Raw tag team. New Day to retain the SmackDown tag team. I've got Cedric Alexander doing the upset of the night and winning the U.S. title from AJ Styles. But Shinsuke Nakamura will retain the IC title over The Miz. I've got uh, the Seth Rollins burn it down to retain over Braun Strowman over the Universal Championship, but with a fiend-like interference right after. And then, of course, I've got Randy Orton to beat Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. Those are just my predictions, though. I want to hear what you guys have to say. What do you guys think of the pay-per-view, or what are you guys thinking of the pay-per-view? Who do you think is going to win? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Hit me up on social media, and we'll see you guys again right here. Sunday night, right after the pay-per-view Clash of Champions, I will be live on youtube.com slash okfaber for the Random Wrestling Podcast as we recap everything that happened at Clash of Champions. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I appreciate the continued love and support. Hit me up on the Twitter at okfabe to live tweet with me during the pay-per-view. Take care, and as always, I take it easy. Thanks for listening. Make sure to watch the OK Fabe Show. Follow him on Twitter at OK Fabe and like over on Facebook.com slash OK Faber. This is the OK Fabe Show.